Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to Wrestling Days Reviews. We are here for this week's SmackDown. If you are watching this on YouTube, then you'll see that it's moved to the second channel. Uh, it's not because I don't enjoy the reviews or, or anything like that, but uh, it's because we've been doing a lot of White Rabbit videos straight after SmackDown. And I kind of feel like the reviews kind of get in the way of those. They kind of both get in the way of each other. So it makes perfect sense to put one video on one channel and the review on a different channel. And actually, those post videos have been so well received that even now that White Rabbit has ended, I'm sure we can find something to kind of talk about after every episode. So we're going to look to continue doing those in some way. Uh, and obviously that means that these reviews will find a new home on this second channel. So that's the thought process behind it if you are watching live. And uh, I know many of you enjoy joining us live. Of course, these get recorded and put up as podcasts as well. So if you are listening to this as a podcast, no change for you whatsoever. These will continue and uh, they will be in the same places that they've always been when it comes to the podcast. So with that housekeeping out the way, uh, let's get to the show. There's plenty to talk about. And uh, to be honest, I've just done a White Rabbit video. So sadly, I haven't got much of an update in regards to some of the more controversial moments on this episode. This episode is very interesting, uh, very interesting, actually. And I actually think for a go home show, this thing is stacked. This thing has got a lot going for it, considering this is a go home episode. I do have to say, though, I thought the start was pretty awful. The, it might be my fault or a degree of it could be my fault because the show opens with Triple H. Amazing. I was super pumped, right? Super pumped for Triple H opening the show. I thought that was so exciting. We don't see Triple H that often. And uh, obviously, he's been doing such a great job. He is so over. He is more over than Sami Zayn right now. He is that over, right? Crowd absolutely loving Triple H. So uh, big Triple H chance. He was fired up as well. You could tell he was feeling it. And uh, there's an excellent point that's been made where he starts by saying, just when you think it's over, things are only just beginning. And I kind of feel like that speaks to a few different things. One of the things in a way could be like, you know, the end of the Vince era, just when you think things are at their lowest, you know, Vince has gone, we've only just begun. Look what we're doing. Look what, uh, you know, I'm creating for you, basically. Or, you know, I'm ready to take up that mantle. Um, and obviously he's been doing it for a few months now, but I believe this is the first time he's been in the ring since taking over. So part of it could have been that. The other part, which uh, maybe connects a little better, is potentially the Bray Wyatt connection. You know, things don't end or when you think they end, they're actually only just beginning. And so in a way, that's a full circle with things ending and then beginning and ending and beginning and you know, round and round we go. So the full circle very much connected to Bray. And as he was saying these words on his microphone was the QR code, the QR code that everyone's constantly looking out for. He spun his microphone around and there it was. So right at the start of the show, I joked on the watch along. I was like, I'm so pleased they listened to uh, my watch alongs, my reviews, every all the content that we're putting out. Uh, clearly, they're listening to that because I have said 
I think they need to make the QR codes later in the show because they're such a distraction. WWE have clearly been listening to that, and so they decided on this week's SmackDown to put it within the first two minutes of the episode. <laughs> so two minutes in, we got the first QR code uh, for people to scan and start doing their best Columbo impressions. But um, yeah, this week, actually, it wasn't that deep or seemingly so far. It might be one of those where it just continues to unravel and reveal its secrets. But uh, certainly the initial gut feeling is that this one has been kept quite light so that people watch the go home show and also so that really it just focuses people on the messages that they wanted people focused on. And that was very Bray heavy, very extreme rules heavy. It, they might as well have just come out and said, Bray Wyatt's back tomorrow. They, I mean, they might as well have just done that because, you know, you've got like Huskus uh, in there. You've got um, let, let Me In being repeated again and again and again. That was in there. Um, you know, there was so much that was like Bray and Extreme Rules that, as I said, they might as well have just done that. So I feel like that was probably a wise thing to do. It meant that we didn't spend too long on it, but I will concede, I will admit that the next segment, which was really the, the main open, if you will, uh, was Roman and it didn't have my full attention. So if I did miss something, I will hold my hands up to that. I am now going to criticize Roman Reigns and the bloodline, which I was not expecting to do, but uh, I am going to criticize this. I think this this segment was awful. I think it was absolutely awful. Um, basically, we had Roman come down. We had Logan come down. What followed was Paul Heyman just waffling. Like, he, he was throwing out, like, we were looking at, like, someone to raise the profile um, and someone to bring in fresh eyes. We could have gone with for such and such person, such and such. Andrew Tate gets a mention right now. I don't know much about Andrew Tate. When it comes to that kind of trending culture, popular culture at the moment, I'm a boomer, right? I'm out. I am not with the kids. So, and I know it as well. So a lot of these names just don't resonate with me. But what I do know about Andrew Tate is he is someone that's been banned from a lot of social media platforms. He's got uh, views which are you know, uh, not not popular. Let's put them that way. Um, I don't quite know what those views are. So I'm not going to be digging into anything here. But what I do know is that even Logan Paul on his podcast said that he was, he recorded a video where he was going to call out Andrew Tate for a boxing fight and recorded it, did it all, watched it back and realized I'm not going to put this out there because I do not want to give Andrew Tate a platform. I do not want Andrew Tate to benefit in any way. I don't want him at a press conference. I don't want to give him any eyeballs. Like, this is not the right way forward. That actually is a level of maturity from Logan, which he has not shown in the past. So for him to really analyze and think things through like that, I got some respect for him uh, off that, to be honest. And so he decided to not issue the challenge and not go forward with a fight against um, this Andrew Tate guy. So for WWE, 
to name check him and mention him on SmackDown, I thought was disappointing. That's it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's not the biggest problem in the world, but I just don't think that he, you know, needs that level of exposure, needs that platform. And, uh, you know, if Logan can be mature enough to think, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give him that platform. It's just a bit of a shame that he gets name checked. It's no big deal. It's no big deal because it's just a name check. And if you know him, you you would have, you know, would have resonated. If you didn't know him, I doubt you're going to go Google searching him, right? So it's not the biggest problem in the world. But it's just a little point as to why I was a bit down on this. Not just for that reason, though. There was a lot of waffle from Paul Heyman. It felt like Heyman decided he was going to do a lot of the heavy lifting in this segment. So he does a lot of talking uh, to the point where when it's Logan's time to talk, he's actually like, whew. I think he actually starts with that like, wow, okay. There was no kill shots in there. I mean, there was nothing in there that made you go, wow, yeah, go on, Paul. There was nothing that made you root for Paul. There was nothing that was like, yeah, stick it to him. It kind of felt like Paul was playing it light. He was waffling. He was just keeping things like, you know, just, I don't know, killing a bit of time, to be honest, so that Logan could come in. And really, it was set up for Logan to knock it out the park. It was all set up for Logan to go and deliver some kill shots because Heyman did a lot of heavy lifting. Heyman killed a lot of time. And it was perfect for Logan to come in and just deliver a couple of quick kill shot lines and look amazing. Like, wow, he just killed Paul Heyman. He went toe-to-toe with Heyman and he just killed him. Problem was, Logan did not do that. Logan did not come in and deliver some kill shot lines. The biggest line he delivered was like, uh, you know, I'm here to like, you know, acknowledge the tribal chief, but which tribal chief am I acknowledging? Roman or Jey Uso. Now that came out of nowhere, right? That came out of nowhere. I don't know where that's come from. Again, if I miss something in the kind of build before, then I will apologize because, you know, I was doing White Rabbit stuff. But I have no idea where that's come from. And actually, people in the watch-along chat were providing different theories as to what the hell he was going on about. You know, there was people saying, oh, that goes back to like 2013 because... Jay was, you know, he pinned Roman. Um, And I mean, I doubt it. I really doubt it. And if it is, it would have been great if someone had mentioned it on commentary or mentioned it on the show. Um, There was other people saying that, you know, Jay was like the last one to pin Roman, which I don't believe is true. Uh, There was other people saying, oh, well, that goes back to when Jay stood up to Roman. But what's that got to do with anything? Like, basically, there was lots of different theories in the chat. I don't think anyone really knew what the hell was going on because it was just waffle. It was just like what they were trying to do was they were trying to find a way of just getting a bit of doubt within the bloodline as to is Jay rebelling against Roman? The best theory I heard was someone saying about how like Roman had made a mistake letting Sammy in and that Jay was questioning Roman. To be honest, I don't even remember him saying that again. Could have been heavily into White Rabbit stuff, so that could have passed me by. So Jay could have said, you know, Roman made a mistake uh, letting you in. So obviously, if he's saying Roman made a mistake, he's kind of questioning his authority. But that's not what Logan said. Logan did not bring us up to speed 
by saying that. Logan easily could have said, who's the real leader here? Is it Roman or Jay? Because I heard Jay the other day, like he, do you know what I mean? He could have gone a little further and explained what the flip he was on about, but he didn't. Maybe he was meant to. Maybe I missed it again. I have to keep putting that as a caveat because I just can't believe how poor X this was. It was just poor. Like you got Heyman waffling. You got Logan coming out with saying, who's the real tribal chief? Is it Jay? Is it Roman? Out of nowhere, we're left to try and put the pieces together ourselves, which is pretty fun when it's White Rabbit stuff. But when it's Logan, Roman, and it should be paint by numbers, nice and simple, like, I don't need to put anything together. Like, tell me what you're on about, would you please? Because it just comes across as just waffle, the whole thing. This really upset Roman, and Roman actually got in the face of Jey Uso. I don't get it. There was no no reason for Roman to react that way. Nothing that Logan had said should have resulted in Roman getting in the face of Jey Uso. It, clearly, anything Logan says is going to be designed to cause trouble. So whatever Logan was to say, surely you would keep a straight face and stand out stare down Logan, Logan goes away, deal with it afterwards. Like for Roman to like get in Jay's face in front of Logan. I know these are little details, but the details are important. And for the bloodline, the details have been bang on. The details have been brilliant when it comes to bloodline stuff. Everything about this just felt wrong, felt off, felt poor, badly executed. I have no idea who dropped the ball here. Uh, I don't know if it's creative. I don't know if Logan was meant to say something and he didn't. I don't know if Heyman lost his way and waffled. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, again, I can't rule out the fact that I missed something in there. And um, I'll be interested to know what the chat have got to say about this. So I know we're spending a lot on this, but this ate up 20 minutes of the show. Like the first 20 odd minutes was Triple H coming out, going into this stuff from Roman. So it was important. And I think if there's a Bloodline segment that I'm just really not feeling, I think it's worth mentioning because I love Roman. I love the Bloodline. I love all these stories. And if they are going to start a new story now of the J stuff affecting Roman, I'm here for it. I'm definitely here for it. But I just thought this was a misstep. So, But anyway, we move on. We uh, then get, went straight into Solo Skoa against Ricochet. This match seemed all right. I... Ricochet seems to be in a lot of opening matches and I watch a lot of him in action as a result. And I don't know, it's just there's nothing that really grabs me. He's obviously fantastic with his moveset and everything, but it's just, I don't know, it just never seems like that special. Uh, and that's heartbreaking because he is special. And when he first came in, he was special. And when he was down in NXT, he was fairly special. He was never, to my knowledge, NXT champion. Um, but we moved him up to the main roster. He is, you know, amazing in ring with, like, uh, some of the moves that he can do. But I just never find myself caring about a Ricochet match. And that could be on me. That could that could be on me. I just never find myself really getting lost in a Ricochet. Like, I never feel like a Ricochet match is four and two five stars, four and a half stars, or anything like that. Like, I watch Ricochet... I can tell that he's a great professional wrestler, but his matches are always like three and a half stars. If that, if that, three stars, three, two, five, three and a half. 
If it's a great match, three, seven, five. I just, when do we get a four star ricochet match? I'm sure there's people going, oh, well, this and this and this. I'm sure there's people that can find some. But my point is, we get him a lot and we don't get great matches a lot. So uh, this was fine, passable. Solo Sokoa gets the win. We move on, right? Backstage, we saw the bloodline and Roman said, like, we've been having to deal with this, uh, uh, like, our whole lives. Like, Jay is a hothead and, and it's a problem. It's a problem and like, you know, we need to sort this like problem out. And there was a real kind of crisis meeting within the bloodline. So this clearly is building somewhere. It's clearly going somewhere. And uh, as I said, I'm down for where we're going. Um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Then we got New Day uh, backstage with the bloodline. And they were basically ripping into uh, Jay saying that he's got two daddies now kind of making fun of Jay, the fact that Roman is his daddy and saying that they were joking that Sammy is his daddy as well. That was winding Jay up even more. So like, you know, New Day playing on all of that. Sammy gets so wound up about like all of this, he ends up making a match. So uh, it turns out we're going to have a six person tag match later in the show. So Sammy and the Usos taking on New Day and a mystery partner. Now, obviously, didn't know who the mystery partner was. And to be honest, I thought it was just a tag match. Didn't even realize there was a mystery partner. But we would find out later in the show who that mystery partner would be. Then we get, you know, we're starting to get somewhere now. So I feel like the show is picking up a bit at this point. Um, The two daddies thing from Xavier was excellent. That was really fun. Then we got Legada del Fantasma uh, attacking. So we had Hit Row come down to the ring. Legada del Fantasma attack. Uh, Zelina Vega is back with blonde hair. She is now with Legada del Fantasma. No idea where Electra Lopez is. No idea at all. Don't know what's happened to her. Hope she's safe. Um, but now we've got Zelina Vega in with Legada. That's going to be great. Totally down with that. Zelina Vega was fantastic when she was with Andrade. She was absolutely brilliant. I loved her with Andrade. We were talking in the watch long about how she really was the missing piece of the puzzle. She really did take Andrade, who just felt like something was missing. She took him and really helped get him up to the main roster. I mean, he was someone that was struggling to get to the top of NXT. She took him to the main roster. And actually, you can look at Andrade now in AEW and you can say the same thing. He's struggling to establish himself at the moment. If he had someone like Zelina Vega right now, he should be able to get to the top of AEW. I really believe he has got the ability, the wrestling ability to go that far. I think the problem with Andrade is he can't do promos. His English is broken. Promo-wise, it's a challenge. And it just always feels like something's missing with his maybe his presence his physique is fine. Like, you know, he looks all right. I can't say I'm crazy about his ring gear. He looks like a baseball player that's gone lo- got lost. You know, I I, I think his ring gear could uh, pop a little bit more. But no one can deny his actual in-ring ability is fantastic. That's a real strength. So, you know, Zelina Vega being with him meant she could do the talking. I think a guy with a great, attractive girl by his side automatically makes the guy look cool. So, you know, Zelina Vega being with Andrade 
just made him look even cooler. So, you know, he got extra cool points for that. It's kind of like how Lana was with Rusev. It's kind of like how Scarlet is with Carrie and Cross. So, yeah, I look, Zelina being with Legado is gonna be is gonna be good. It's gonna work for all of them. It's gonna be great for her. It's gonna be great for Legado. So love it. I just don't know what's happening with uh, Electra Lopez. Commentators. Uh, we had Wade Barrett on uh, commentary, which is great. Love Wade Barrett uh, and Michael Cole. Uh, they just, uh, I don't know why they do this. And it's not a knock of them in particular because it's just the WWE way. But they were like, I think that's Zelina Vega when it's quite clearly Zelina Vega. Yes, she had changed her hair to blonde, but her face is still the same. Like her bone structure is exactly the same as it's always been. So... Yes, it's Zelina Vega. Her tattoos give away that it's Zelina Vega. And, like, it wasn't until Legado took their masks off that uh, Wade Barrett could tell that it was Legado del Fantasma. Now, I'm all for playing devil's advocate, right? I'm all for, like, keeping an open mind. But I feel like you could, you know, Wade Barrett's just come from NXT. It's clearly Legado del Fantasma. Like, they're wearing the same masks, that Legada del Fantasma wear. They've got the same physiques, the same body types as Legada del Fantasma. Do you know why? Because it was Legada del Fantasma. Like, I don't think it would have been too out there for Wade Barrett to have even just put that out as a theory. Like, I believe this is Legada del Fantasma. Rather than going, oh my God, it's Legada del Fantasma. As soon as they take their masks off. I don't know why we do that. I don't know why we do that. I just kind of feel like it makes the commentary team look a bit stupid because by the time they have realized who it is, every single person in the world, even those that aren't watching, are aware as to who it is. So that's maybe something that we could just tweak. Then we got uh, White Rabbit again. So I'm not going to talk too much about White Rabbit because I've just done a video on it on the other channel and two videos whilst we were streaming. So there's three videos on the White Rabbit, the White Rabbit stuff tonight. So uh, I don't feel like I need to add any more. Um, this time, though, what I will say is this is the first clip that's played during the show. Up until this point, all we've had is QR codes. Um, even the White Rabbit song hasn't been getting played on TV. So this is the first White Rabbit clip to actually be played during the broadcast. And it was interesting. It was an animated, it's not something like we've seen before. It was an animated kind of forest, kind of like 8-bit graphics, probably not even that good, 2-bit. Then we had like a rabbit hopping along. It it kind of digs a hole. It's like fire that shoots up. Basically, then we get feed your head in different languages and uh, the date. So yeah, if you want to see more on that, obviously the videos uh, are on the Wrestling Days channel. So uh, you can uh, check those out. Um, so we had White Rabbit. Then we got Raquel and Shotzi taking on Sonya and Zia Lee. Women's tag match. Don't really know where this came from. But uh, I can tell you that Raquel uh, got the victory with a powerbomb. I think it was a single arm like powerbomb on Sonya Deville, I believe. Uh, and so Raquel and Shotzi picking up the win. Wonder if they're going to be a tag team for a little bit, maybe. I think they do want to do something with Shotzi. She came out in a tank again with Raquel with her. So uh, the tank's obviously back. 
So, uh, yeah, maybe they're going to do something there. Don't know when Raquel's going to get to a women's title match, for example. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Then there was a Ronda and Liv video package, just uh, hyping up, obviously, uh, their encounter at Extreme Rules tomorrow. Then we got Drew making his, um, uh, like, attack, if you will. Uh, this was Drew trying to get... Uh, some kind of comeback on Carrion. Carrion's been getting the better of Drew quite a bit. So Carrion made his way down. Drew attacked him. This was, as I said, Drew just trying to get a bit of momentum before Extreme Rules. It backfired, though, and uh, we got security coming down. They couldn't do anything. Of course not. Uh, and it resulted in uh, Carrion, like, whipping and beating down on Drew. There was a weird moment where Drew went down onto the floor. Carrion was standing over him. I felt like there was some confusion as to whether we were going to a commercial break or not, because, again, could have just been me, but it felt like the commentary team sat out for a long time. It felt like the commentators were maybe under the impression we'd gone to commercial and they had to be told, no, no, we're still live. Um, because, as I said, they sat out for quite a while whilst uh, Drew is down. I think they wanted people to see the marks that were starting to come on the back. I think... Uh, on social media right now, there's probably a good picture of Drew's back and it's probably got quite a few like whip marks on from the strap. Obviously, they're going to have a strap match at Extreme Rules. Uh, the strap was introduced into the ring tonight and uh, that is what Carrion was using to like whip Drew. So yeah, not, not a bad little uh, segment. Not a bad little segment at all. Uh, then we got something uh, else that was quite exciting. This was uh, a mystery person that wasn't a mystery person. It was uh, a Viking Raider type segment. Had a lady Viking with her back to the camera. Definitely Sarah Logan. Uh, who was just saying like uh, Valhalla awaits and things like this. Felt like a little vignette. Couldn't tell if it was a vignette to promote Viking Raiders or a vignette to promote the return of Sarah Logan. I hope it's the return of Sarah Logan. I hope she is going to be a badass heel. Um, I think Sarah Logan against Liv Morgan, face versus heel, would be a great program for Liv because there's a lot of history to dig into. There'd be a lot of emotion to dig into. I think Liv has been trying to do the extreme thing at the moment. And like trying to, you know, stand up to Ronda, stand up to Shayna, things like that. I think uh, once we get them out the way, I expect Liv to retain. Once we get them out the way, uh, I wonder if like in Liv's future will be an emotional battle with uh, a lifelong friend. You know, someone that really has been with us since she got called up to the main roster. Someone that I know, we all know she's still like friends with uh, in real life. and. You know, they could really dig into some stuff like the whole Riot Squad history and all of that. So, yeah, if Sarah Logan comes back, I hope she feuds with Liv. Uh, I think that would be really interesting. And uh, I th look, she was great. She was a great wrestler who just never got an opportunity. So if she comes back and it sides with the Viking Raiders, really embraces kind of that Viking mentality, it could be really interesting. So I was very excited about that. Very excited. Uh, chat seemed to respond very well to it as well. 
Then uh, we got our bloodline against New Day and a mystery person. Mystery person was Braun. Uh, Braun Strowman making his way down. Uh, Strowman, this is great. So uh, match was going on. Uh, Sammy and Jay were arguing on the outside. Strowman runs around the outside, collides into Jay. Jay goes flying into Michael Cole. And uh, it's a brilliant image doing the rounds. If there was only one image I could have loaded up here, uh, I wish I'd have got that one. I, I'm so tempted. I might even try for those watching. I might even try to see if I can find it just so I can chuck it up because I feel like every video would be improved with an image of Michael Cole lying flat on the floor. And there it is. I've done it. For those that are watching live, I have done it for you. There is Jay Uso and Michael Cole uh, snuggling up together down on the floor uh, after Jay Uso had been collided into Michael Cole. I couldn't quite tell if that's what they intended to do or if actually the plan was, because Michael Cole was standing as if like trying to, you know, leave the commentary table free. I thought that maybe Strowman was meant to collide into Jay and Jay was going to go into the commentary table. Instead, he went flying into Michael Cole, who was standing over by the barricades. Um, and as I said, he goes down, Jay goes down. Uh, probably my favorite WWE moment of all time. So, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, and it was a win for the New Day. So obviously Jay was out. Michael Cole was out. Sammy got knocked down as well. Um, and so it meant Jimmy was in the ring on his own. And uh, I think it was Xavier that ended up getting the pin. And uh, they go over and they're screaming down the camera and everything. So as I said, apart from the start, like I feel like the uh, Sarah Logan bit was great. Uh, this bit was fun. The White Rabbit stuff was good. Didn't really have a problem with Raquel and Shotzi. I mean, it just sort of happened. Uh, Legada del Fantasma coming up is noteworthy. Zelina Vega coming back and being with them is noteworthy. So do you know what I mean? Like there was plenty in there, uh, even if the start was a bit off. Then we got another great moment. This was backstage. We saw Marseille and Mansoir beaten up on the floor and standing over them was Max Dupree. Maxine Dupree was uh, saying Max, and he said, don't call me that name anymore. Uh, my name is L.A. Knight. And uh, that's it. He's here. L.A. Knight has uh, finally arrived onto the main roster. That is very popular. Uh, I'm surprised at how over L.A. Knight the name is. I can remember when he first came into NXT, people were moaning at that name, didn't like that name, didn't know why he couldn't keep his uh, Eli Drake name. But um, yeah, L.A. Knight um, is over. It's it's seemingly what people uh, want him to be. So that's what he is and uh, got a great reaction. So no longer with Maximum Male Models. Don't know what the future is going to hold for them, to be honest. Uh, I think him him being a part of them was massive for them. And I think he probably could have stayed with them a bit longer. I know that's not going to be popular, but I just don't feel like we've done anything with them. They've done a few of those catwalk kind of things, a couple of squash matches. I think we probably could have had Max getting more frustrated, could have milked it a little bit longer. Maybe Triple H has just got other plans for him. Perhaps Triple H is like, I'm just going to pull the trigger now because I've got some stuff I want to do, basically, so... Um, because yeah, it just, I don't know. It didn't, I mean, like looking at it, it's probably been a good few months, but 
just feels like uh, I don't know, a little quick maybe, a little quick. Uh, does doesn't seem that long since he got upset, and now he's out. So, but as I said, might be more to do with Triple H having something lined up for him because he's a good wrestler and he can really talk, really talk. Then we got the rabbit behind Michael Cole and Wade Barrett. So there was an actual rabbit that was in the crowd. And uh, again, that's all in the other video. It was sat in the background. So uh, we had the QR code. We had the clip that actually played on the show. And we had the rabbit in the crowd as well. Then we got to our main event of the evening. And our main event of the evening was Gunther versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship. <sighs> Lots to talk about with this. Um, this got This Is Awesome chance. I think for a TV match, it was really, really good. I can't say that it was better than their Clash at the Castle match. I think the commercials really disrupt the flow. But this was really good. It was really good. And um, this is awesome, Chance. The controversy in here is the fact the cloverleaf is applied. Gunther's in a lot of pain. Gunther taps. Taps, right? Now, there was a big debate on the watch along about the fact he had tapped a couple of times. And uh, people saying that you need to tap three times in order for a tap out. I seriously don't know that that to be true. That's not something I'm aware of. If it if it is true, listen, we all learn things and that will be something I will have learned. Um, I'm not aware of that. At no point when I'm watching UFC and I've watched UFC for a long time, have I ever looked and counted the taps, right? I've never seen a referee do that. Granted, UFC is different. But in WWE, we've never counted the taps. I've never counted and gone, oh, no, no, he only tapped tap twice there. So I, I don't believe that's a thing, right? If it is, we learn some every day. Um, I genuinely think this is a botch. I, I genuinely think that Gunther is in like trying to sell, but he might actually be in pain. But I think he's trying to sell it, and I think he bangs down. And I think that to everyone, it looks like he's tapped. To the referee, I think she knows that Gunther's winning. And I think she knows that he's not meant to tap here. And I think she's got a decision to make. And that decision is, do I call the match because he's tapped and he shouldn't have? Or do I just let it run knowing that the finish is that Gunther gets the win? And I think that she has let it run. I think it needs explaining. I think you can explain it. I said during the watch along, you could have Gunther tap and she could say, even though he was tapping, he was verbally saying to me, I'm going to get through this. I can win this. So I could hear that he was not quitting. I could verbally, I could tell he was still in the fight. So even though he bangs down, I knew from his verbal communication that that was not a submission. And so that's why when it comes to taps, it's a ref's discretion. And that's why I allowed the match to continue. It can be explained that way, right? I don't know if they're going to do that. And actually, I'm only guessing that it was a botch. It, this could set up a storyline. This could, could set up a storyline. It could set up something down the, you know, the road where, I don't know, is she a crooked ref? 
Are we going to start asking that question? Like, is she has she been bought out by Imperium? I, d- I don't know. Um, so I'm quite intrigued to see where this goes. But my gut feeling is that this maybe shouldn't have happened and that Gunther sort of botched it when he tapped. If this is uh, on purpose, I don't like it. I didn't like it when it happened at SummerSlam with Liv and Ronda. I don't like it now. I don't like this someone tapping out and we don't give the other person the win. Like, I I don't know why Triple H is so fascinated with this, if this has been booked on purpose, because I just don't think this is a good look. I don't think this is a good look. It was not a good look for Liv, and we were critical of it, and I stand by it. And it's not a good look for Gunther, even, even unless, unless... It she comes out and says, "I heard him saying he doesn't quit. I heard him saying he's going to battle on and going to win, right?" Um, and so I, that wasn't a tap. Unless she says that, this this just looks like he's tapped, and it looks like he should lose the title, and that just makes him look weak. And even though he's got through the match and won the match, it, it, it he doesn't look like the rightful champion and it's made him look weak. And that is not how we should be booking Gunther. That's not how we should be booking Gunther. Gunther should be an unstoppable monster at the moment. And we should be building him up to face a, a world champion, a baby face champion. And then it's down to, you know, massive match. SummerSlam next year, Cody versus Gunther. Cody the champion, Gunther undefeated. Who's going to win? That's a massive match. That is a massive match. You don't get to that match if you're going to have Gunther tapping out like this. Now, granted, he's got through. He's got the win. But it just doesn't It doesn't make him look good, does it? It doesn't make him look like the monster that I want him to look like. I want him to look like a monster that can get the job done. Not, not someone that taps out and the referee doesn't award it. So, yeah, weird. Weird. I feel like there's more to this. I definitely feel like there's more to this. There might be people in the live chat right now shouting at me, saying, did you not see the interview or something? Um, Either way, I still don't like it. I still don't like the fact that if I'm a casual and I've just turned the show off, like this is what I'm thinking right now. I shouldn't need interviews and social media or, or anything like that. Yeah, You've got to remember there's people that have watched the show and now gone on to something else. And they will have seen him tap. And it's just not good optics. So whatever's coming out of this, like, it's not good optics tonight. You can explain it and explain it next week. And it can be part of a story, right? So that's why I'm not I'm not going to hate on it too much. I said that when Liv and Ronda happened during the SummerSlam watch along. I was like, I'm not going to hate on this right now because we need to see where it's going. And I think I already said at the time, like, Liv might surrender the belt. Uh, and I said that. She didn't. Uh, but the crowd hated on her. Um, and so, yeah, th- the difference here is that she was a face. So her, any heel heat she was getting, any heat she was getting was unwelcome. Yeah, unwelcome. Whereas mm. Gunther, Gunther is a heel, right? So any heat that he's getting is... Not going to be as big a problem, is it? Yeah. Any booze that he gets, anyone that looks at him as not being the rightful champion, what does he care? He doesn't care. Yeah. He's a heel. If if you hate him, good. But it it didn't work as well for Liv because Liv was meant to be loved. 
and she was meant to be a face. So the only thing I will say is that this works a little better for Gunther than it did for Liv, but... Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. And, of course, Gunther ends up winning, yeah. So there was a brawl on the outside with Imperium, brawling brutes, distraction, all this. Gunther ends up getting the victory. Um, and that was the end of the show. And that was the end of the show. So, I don't know, lots of talking points, definitely stuff to talk about. People coming back, potentially Sarah Logan coming back, Zelina Vega, as we said, Legada del Fantasma, uh, an opening segment that will have divided opinion, uh, a main event that will have divided opinion. Un undeniable, the main event was fantastic. It's just that moment, just really uh, great. But as I said, there could be a reason for it. So lots for us to still get our teeth into and uh, discuss. So let's, uh, with that being said, jump over to the chat, see what people are saying. Um, but, but, but that um, day's casual fan, not sure if they exist anymore or are we becoming a rarity with so much information on social media, says William. Um, I think casual fans do exist. Um, I can say that because I was one. I was someone that went to work and I tried to watch like the shows. But when I was at work, it wasn't possible because I had to get up early on a, you know, a Tuesday, get up early on a Saturday to go to work. So staying up, you've got to remember here in the UK, the shows are on at 1am. So if I've got to be up at six, you know, if they don't finish till four, like it's, it's not happening. So sometimes I would watch replays, but sometimes I would just read results, but I was not going onto social media and seeing what people were talking about. I just wasn't doing that. I wasn't like, I wasn't like joining in any conversations. I wasn't looking at dirt sheets. I wasn't looking at dirt sheets because I didn't want results spoiled for myself. So I was consuming wrestling in a different way to how I consume it now. Um, like when I, when I was at work in retail, I was just trying to consume it as much as I could when I could, but you know, in the, in the real world, it's not always possible to watch the shows all the time. So I was trying to watch them, catch up with them. If there was no way of doing that because I was just way too busy, I was reading results, but I was not joining in conversations on social media. I was not seeking out dirt sheets because I didn't want the spoilers. So I feel like I, I don't want to say I was a casual fan because I was checking in every single show like i was there for every show i wasn't missing stuff it's just i was not seeking conversation i was not on twitter at the time you know there's there's people in the uk that have not seen smackdown right now and when they watch it they will not have been on twitter and they will not have been in watch alongs and they will just watch the show and carry on with other things so I do think that there are casuals that are out there. And I do think that people watch and consume wrestling in lots of different ways. Now, there's some people that won't watch the shows. They'll just watch all the highlights on YouTube. There's some people that won't watch the shows. They'll just watch our watch alongs or they'll watch several different reviews and get an impression of things. Like it's, 
it's so weird how people consume wrestling these days. They consume it in just totally different ways. If you listen to Jim Cornette and uh, Brian Last, for example, and uh, the Cornette podcast, they're quite open in saying that they don't watch it live and they do a podcast about wrestling. They talk about like what's happening in wrestling. Granted, a lot of old wrestling, but they always touch on the modern stuff. But the way they consume it is next day, they watch it, having recorded it, fast forward through women's matches, fast forward through like talking and bits and and like they consume it that way. And that's completely different to what we do where we watch it live. So I my it's a great question and a great point because we, we never can truly know how people are watching it and if casual fans are out there. But my belief is that they are. And my belief is that people now consume it in just so many varied ways. It's it's hard to know exactly what people are getting from the shows. And, um, you know, back in the day when it was just no internet, there was only one way to consume it, and that was by watching the show. There was no YouTube clips. There was no social media, you know. There was no internet with results. There was no watch-alongs. It was you watch the show or you don't watch the show. That was it. That was it. So that was the only way you could watch it. That was the only way you could really get results. I think there was probably like dirt sheets and everything, but you had to subscribe to them. They came in the mail. So, you know, it was hardly instant results the next morning. So, um, yeah. And then obviously for forums come in when the internet comes in and all of that. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think there, I think there still are, but, uh, hard, hard to pin down exactly what it is. Uh, William said Khan announced halfway through SmackDown that Moxley has got a five-year deal in AEW and he, he has got a trainer deal. Uh, Winford said, hello, Days. What happened to football? Are you planning on doing the World Cup? So, uh, yeah, we, we did have a football channel. Um, that ended. Uh, it ended because it's very apparent that if you want to do something, you have to give it 100%. There's a life lesson. So, uh, yes, we was doing football streams. And I think if that was ever going to get anywhere, we'd have to have stopped doing wrestling and we would have had to gone 100% into football. So we were never going to do that. And if I'm going to put 100% into anything, it's going to be into the wrestling, of course. So um, that's why I ended up uh, wrapping up. Will we do the World Cup? Yes, I definitely want to do um, uh, World Cup coverage. But what that's going to be, I still don't know. Uh, Kay Shante, is it? Says, Days, are you happy LA Knight is back? Can't wait for your reaction to Extreme Rules. Um, yeah, I am I am pleased that LA Knight is back. I, I think that he is... I always think he was coming back, though. I mean, a lot of people were down on him being in Maximum Male Models, and I understand why, because people want better for LA Knight. And that's fine. I understood it. But I always thought that this was just a way of bringing him to the main roster. So you bring him to the main roster, you use him to, like, you know, get over a couple of other talents. He's such a great talker. Have him as a manager. Have him, like, you know, on TV doing the talking for, you know, Marseille, Mansoir. Have a bit of fun with it. Get them, like, you know, involved in a few feuds. And then eventually he'll go his own way and become his own person. And that's what's happened. And it's not quite gone the way I thought because I thought they'd probably take a little longer with it, actually. And I thought that, you know, we would get LA night, but maybe not until next year. So it's actually a bit sooner, earlier than I thought. But 
yeah, I'm I'm pleased he's here. I like him. He's a good wrestler. He's a great talker. I think that he will be uh, someone that can really benefit the main roster. I would love for him to have his own talk show. Uh, I feel like there needs to be a regular talk show. We sometimes get Miss TV. That's fine. We sometimes get the KO show. Mm, don't need that. Even though Kevin Owens is a great talker, don't need it. Or it feels like, I don't know, it never feels... We, we never we never know when we're getting it. It's It's once in a blue moon. It always feels like we just don't have anything else for Kevin Owens to do, basically. So let's give him a KO show segment. I don't really want that. I think we can do better things with Kevin Owens. Um, so, yeah, but I think like a regular uh, talk show for LA Knight, I think would be great. I think that would be great every week, every couple of weeks. I don't know what you would call it, but um, you can come up with your own suggestions. But uh, an LA Knight talk show and then have him involved in a few feuds. I, I don't see him going on to be a world champion. I think he is someone that could be in some feuds, in a tag team, mid-card belt, eventually challenge for the world title at some point, but I'm not sure he wins it. Um, that's the kind of thing I can see. I can see him being a Mr. Perfect type. Do you know what I mean? Like someone that good in ring, can talk, but is he going to be the guy? Is he going to be the guy who's going to win a world title in WWE? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know, like, you know, Mr. Perfect was never WWE champion, but he was still great and he's still a legend and everyone still loves him. And I can see that being LA Knight. Michael said, WWE released Nigel McGuinness earlier this week. PWI reported Tony Khan should sign him as a commentator for Ring of Honor's uh, TV deal and rebrand. Uh, thoughts, shame WWE released him. Yeah, I love Nigel McGuinness. Um, big, big fan. I never used to watch Ring of Honor. I actually don't know if it was shown in the UK. Might have been. No idea. But I'm talking around... Ooh, I'm talking about 2005-ish, kind of around that ballpark, uh, when he was champion in Ring of Honor. I remember being in America... And I was in Florida with some friends. I got a wrestling magazine whilst I was over there. And I was reading the results. And I saw an article all about Nigel McGuinness and about how he's flying the flag for the UK and all of this. And that was when he was champion in Ring of Honor. And they were just like glowing about him, man. Just absolutely glowing about him. And he was not on my radar. He was not on my radar. I didn't watch Ring of Honor. He'd never been in WWE. And yeah, I, I just, uh, I can't say I've followed him, but I have always tried to keep an eye on what he's doing because, listen, someone from the UK doing well in wrestling is still noteworthy, right? It's still noteworthy. It's still something that's like, wow, okay, that's cool. Uh, I know that we've got Drew doing it now, but Drew is the first ever WWE UK champion, like, you know, WWE champion from the UK. And it's kind of, that's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy that WWE have been going since the early 60s and Drew's the first WWE champion from Britain, from the United Kingdom. So to have someone that was world champion in Ring of Honor was really interesting, really cool. 
and he had like a bit of a historic reign there and everything. So he, he's been on my radar for a long time, went to Impact. I think it was Desmond Wolf, wasn't he? And injuries seemingly ended his career. But I did see a tweet doing the round saying that he could still compete. He could still wrestle and the injuries actually didn't end his career. But anyway, he, he was used as a commentator. I thought he was great as a commentator. I can tell you, I don't know where it is, but I went to the 2017 uh, tournament to crown the first United Kingdom NXT champ, you know, the tournament they did. And I was there when Tyler Bate won the UK title. And afterwards, everyone was leaving. And Nigel was stood by the side. And I went over and I got a picture with him. And I said to him, like, I really appreciate everything you've done like for British wrestling. And he was like, thank you very much. And he was a really, really lovely guy. Like it, no one else was around taking pictures with the fans. I think Michael Cole was there. I think if my memory serves me correctly, uh, obviously Triple H would have been backstage. And, you know, all of the UK guys that had been in the tournament, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, Wolfgang, all of that. No one was around. No one was around. The only person that was stood in the ballroom, in the place where it was, was Nigel McGuinness and um, having pictures with the, the fans. And that always resonated with me. I went to a NXT UK TV taping and there was no one around. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I went to NXT in Tampa and they had three NXT stars sat at a table meeting fans. I went to an NXT UK TV taping, no one around. I went to the UK tournament, no one around, apart from Nigel McGuinness. I went to the show they did at the Royal Albert Hall, no one around. I just, I don't know why. I don't know why there was no one to meet the fans or anything, but Nigel McGuinness was. So, I, I mean, I followed, I followed what, he's, what he's done in his career and everything. I've got a lot of time for him, a lot of respect for him. I just think it's really disappointing. I don't know why Triple H didn't keep him. There could be more to that story. I, I don't know if he wanted to go. I don't know if he was fired. I don't know if there was any backstage drama or anything. I, I, I seriously don't know. I, I have no idea why they didn't keep him. I thought he was a great commentator. So it's, yeah, really disappointed. Uh, pause NVI said Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 39 for the WWE Championship. Well, I can, I don't know, to be honest, because there's a, a lot of people out there that would love that. But there's a good chunk of people out there that feel that Bray going after the title last time was part of his undoing. Because if you win a title, You've got to lose a title. I mean, unless you're going to forfeit it or be stripped of it, you're going to have to lose. And look, he lost to Goldberg and that stung. And there's ways that you can do it. I agree. But it's just, I don't know. It, it, was, it was difficult, wasn't it? I think it was difficult for people to accept him losing the title. And even when he didn't get pinned and lost it the second time, it still hurt people and upset people. Um, even though he, like, you know, I think it was Braun that took the pin, but it was Bray's, you know, title that went. So that was obviously better. That was better. But I think people 
People want him to be in meaningful feuds with good Firefly Fenhouse episodes, good story, um, and all of that. That's what people want. And I think him being around the title, we don't need it. If he'd have never won it, yes. Yeah, absolutely. But because he deserves to be a world champion, right? But he's won it. He's won the WWE title. He's won the Universal twice. So he's won it. I, I, I think what we need to do with him is we need to get him to the point where he doesn't need it and he is seen as credible and he is seen as an attraction and he is seen as something special. And I think that it's going to take a lot of work to do that. I think that... Um, his core fan base like are uh, very vocal very passionate i think there are people out there that are on the fence with bray i've had plenty of people in various youtube comments twitter comments even during the watch along saying they just don't care for him um so it's not it's not a hundred percent excitement um it's probably as close as what you could get because in all fairness even if the rock was coming back, uh, there would be people saying they're not excited, right? So it's no knock of Bray. Um, it's just, I think, how do you want to position him? How do you want to present him? What do you want him to do? Do you want him to go and be a 15-time world champion? Or do you want to go more down the road of The Undertaker, which was, you know, Undertaker was never really around the title, considering he had a 30-year career. He was never around the title that much. Undertaker, I don't even know how many title reigns he had, to be honest, but it certainly was not around the 15-16 mark um, because he and his streak in particular were as big as the belt. He didn't need the belt. He was already as big as it. So I think you could get Bray there. So I don't know. Um, split on that. I mean, if they did it, I wouldn't be against it. I wouldn't be against it at all. I do think Cody needs a title reign, though. Cody's never won it. So I do think Cody needs it. So if someone was to say, well, do you want Bray Seth at WrestleMania or do you want Cody Seth? I, I would say Cody Seth because Cody needs to win it. Seth doesn't. Um, Bray doesn't. He's already won it. And actually, there's an argument that some people think that his last title reigns actually hurt more than they healed. So... Um, uh, Jimmy Smith on his podcast said that last Raw was his last because Triple H slipped in a conversation. Michael Cole called him on Tuesday to let him know that he was done. Mitchell said the only thing, Days, is Sean Ross Sapp tweeted it was a Brazilian tap, which I think means a fake tap. Uh, AEW have done a segment about contract tampering getting bored of this AEW firing shots to WWE. Uh, Brian said Undertaker was around uh, the title early in his career and uh, the late 2000s, and that was it. Uh, Jim said Undertaker is a seven-time champion. Uh, yeah, seven times. That's not too much. And I'm guessing that's not just WWE. That's probably a few of those world heavyweight title reigns, which... No disrespect to the World Heavyweight Championship. 
that always felt like a secondary t- but title to me. That's the kind of belt that, say, Mark Henry would have or Jack Swagger would have or someone like that. So even though that counts as a world title, I was never sold when it was in WWE. For me, the WWE belt was always the one, the WWE title, and then the world heavyweight. I don't know. That seemed to be the belt they just kind of took chances on. Like, they put it on guys that they felt could be main event standard. I think more to see if they were, to be honest. Uh, Arash Mind said, I would like Bray to develop more of a legacy and terrific stories like Taker uh, rather than being a belt collector. But I wouldn't mind another belt or two for Bray. Oh, no, he'll definitely he'll he'll definitely get uh, more title reigns. I, I've no doubt about that. Uh, I'm not saying that he shouldn't. Um, I'm just saying, like, I think some people out there are hoping that he is going to, you know, go on to have multiple reigns. And I don't know. I, I suppose really the question is, what is his motivation? Like, he's coming back, seemingly. But what is he coming back for? Is he coming back for belts? Because that does motivate some people. Like Ric Flair always wanted the belt. Um, Or is he coming back for revenge? Or is he coming back to improve his legacy, like Horatio Mind just says? I I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's belts. I don't know. But it's an interesting conversation because I suppose in a way people should check their expectations. They should... I don't know. We're all, I feel like people are hoping for different things. I think people are hoping, some people are hoping for a Wyatt family. Some people are hoping for the Fiend. Some people are hoping for a Wyatt family and a Fiend. Some people are hoping for the Fun House. Some people are hoping for something new. Some people are hoping he goes after world titles. Some people are hoping he doesn't. Some people are hoping he targets feuds. Some people are hoping that he'll be with Alexa. Some people are hoping he'll go after Alexa. I just kind of feel like Bray coming back is one story. But as Triple H said, it's just the beginning because there's so much, obviously, that's going to follow. And we don't quite know what he's coming back as, who he's going after, what his motivations are. And I think a lot of people have got different perspectives, different ideas as to what they want from it. And I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it might not please everyone because everyone's got different, you know, perspectives. So uh, also I will say is keep an open mind. Keep an open mind. If he comes back and doesn't go after belts, don't be disappointed with that. If he comes back and does go after belts, don't be disappointed with that. If he comes back and goes after Alexa, great. If he comes back and sides with Alexa, great. Like all I would say is just follow the story, enjoy the story. I think sometimes as wrestling fans, and I am very guilty of this, I, I'm right up there with being like number one in this. I think uh, we can be guilty of watching shows and thinking, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. Uh, that's, that's you know, not the direction I would go. Rather than just watching and enjoying, we can be guilty of going, no, nah, I, I don't want that. I didn't want him doing that. I didn't want it going that way. That's not what I would have done. And I am I'm the worst at that. I'm really bad at that. I I'm not I'm not very good anymore of just watching shows and just going with them. I wish I was actually cuz that's what I used to be like as a kid. As a kid I could watch a show and just oh go with it, you know, and like oh god love everything. 
yeah, this is brilliant. And in a way, I think that's how WWE wants us to watch the shows. Just watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, you're going to watch it and you're going to enjoy it. Don't question anything. Just watch it and enjoy it. But uh, obviously, as you get older and you become a boomer, it's um, it's a bit more tricky to do that. So, uh, yeah, that's but that's something that I think um, people need to try and do maybe with this Bray one, because I think there's a lot of goodwill towards him. But I just think people have got lots of different things they want from it. Uh, Trini said, after the reveal, we'll start to get answers to those questions. Not all at once. Uh, understanding and the journey is going to be the, the story. Michael said, uh, for me, the whole Bray thing uh, got ruined by Sean and Dave when they said he and Triple H had had talks. Uh, then all of this happened. Bray never did it for me, but he does have his fans, says Michael. Yeah, my, my relationship with Bray uh, uh, is well documented. You know, I loved the start and then I, I'm not a fan of Supernatural stuff. So as it went Supernatural, it lost me. My hopes are when he comes back, it's not going to be the supernatural stuff. Um, I'm hoping that it's going to be Wyatt family cult. Oh, and even if it's not, even if it's fiend, just like dark and very psychological rather than lights off, lights on, stuff like that, you know, um, and like supernatural stuff. But I'm going into it with an open mind. Um I will always struggle with supernatural stuff. I just always will in wrestling, but I'm going into it with an open mind and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of what it brings basically. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see what it brings. And I'm, there's a lot of excitement and it's great. I'm, I, I love the excitement that's out there because I, I mean, I feed off that. It's great to look into the chat and see so much, excitement if in a way this feels even for me like this is christmas eve like you feel like you're on the verge of something massive happening and that's special that doesn't always happen even in wrestling i mean we have sat here on the verge of so many pay-per-view shows where the matches have been announced and maybe someone's coming back but it isn't someone as popular as bray wyatt and, it, and certainly not with a build like what we've just had, you know, with the whole white rabbit stuff like that is a, that's one of the biggest builds to a return I've ever seen. Certainly the most complicated, certainly the most in-depth. So, yeah, lots, lots of excitement. And uh, as we said, feels feels a little bit like Christmas Eve. Right. Uh, Arash Mind said, I'm very curious about how the reveal will be done with White Rabbit tomorrow. Uh, Crossover said, the worst thing to happen is that he doesn't come back and WWE have just used him to hype the show. I uh, Honestly, mate, at this point, I can't see it. I can't see it. I think at this point, they, they cannot be swerving because, it, I mean, like... It, the backlash would be real. And that, Triple H is not a stupid man. He knows the backlash would be so immense. I, I've said before, I think you could have got away with it because I think you could have got away with just like little hints to lots of different people. So you could have had a hint at Bray. You could have had a hint at Carrion. You could have had a hint at this person and a hint at that person. And if Bray was one of them, fine. Do you know what I mean? You can get away with that. Yeah, we didn't say it was Bray. 
Yeah, but you hinted at it. Yeah, but we hinted at Carrion and we hinted at Alexa and we hinted at Alice the Black. So I feel like you can get away with that. Little cheeky, but you can get away with it. You can't get away with this. You can't get away with this. Like we've just had a voice screaming, let him in repeatedly for I don't know how long. You've got pictures of Huskus. You've got a rabbit wearing a tartan scarf that uh, is obviously reminiscent of Rambling Rabbit. And that's just tonight. We've also had like, you know, Wyndham place found and uh, it's just it's been loads in there. And look at all the connections to his Twitter and everything. Like one is a coincidence. A couple is a coincidence, but three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's got to the point where they might as well just put Bray Wyatt face on screen and say, uh, like, Michael Cole go, yeah, just so you know, uh, he's back at Extreme Rules, yeah? Make sure you tune in. Uh, some of you have missed him, uh, but he will be uh, He will be back at Extreme Rules. Like, I feel like we're just at that point now. Uh, right, let's go over to uh, your thoughts in... Uh, not bad, you know, not bad. Considering this is uh, much later than we tend to do them, and, of course on a channel that I couldn't even tell you how much smaller it is than the main channel. Main channel's got like over a quarter of a million subs. I think this channel run's got about 5,000 subs. So, uh, yeah, all things considered, not bad at all. And actually, ooh, we've got two scores. So nine and 7.5. How the hell do I work that out? So I think that means that eight two five eight two five. If ever um, uh, two uh, it, like tied for first place, I cut them in the middle, and that gives us the score. So nine got six responses. Seven point five got six responses. That means that the score for today's show is in the middle, which is eight two five. There we go. Eight two five gets is the score for the show. Okay, what did people enjoy? Uh, fun go home show. Loved the White Rabbit commercial. Enjoyed the new and returning superstars brought back tonight. Loved Seamus Gunther. Uh, the tie between White Rabbit teases and the return of LA Knight. Yeah, let me talk to you. Uh, the hilarious bump Michael Cole received and the continuing absence of Pat. Drink it in. All the White Rabbit teases and the Gunther Sheamus match. White Rabbit, solid go home show, says Sam. Legado main roster debut and LA Knight return. The White Rabbit hints on Triple H's microphone. Really enjoyed the return of LA Knight. Michael Cole falling down. Uh, White Rabbit teaser. White Rabbit, the return of Zelina Vega. Uh, Sammy Pierce Peacemaker segment. White Rabbit showing up. White Rabbit clue. Seamus Gunther. Seamus Gunther. White Rabbit postseason MLB. Bloodline. Everything. And Legada del Fantasma. Least favorite part. Honestly, the opening Roman segment. But also, I'm happy White Rabbit is coming to an end. Love the streams, but the entire live stream has become about it. And it takes focus from the show. The opening promo, I don't watch MMA, so I have no idea who he was talking about. Heyman also bringing up his brother is odd. Uh, is that when he was talking about Anderson Silver? Yeah, Anderson Silver taking on um, Jake Paul. So I, I, I think that's what you're referencing to because that was mentioned. 
Uh, Roman Logan segment, it dragged and it was boring. Paul's promo definitely wasn't Paul. Would have got an eight if that segment was better. Uh, the beginning segment felt dragged out. Maybe it was to give us time to piece together the little details in the QR code. It's a good point. Paul and Bloodline segment was kind of a mess. Uh, referee Robin Sheamus winning the title. Ref botch. This needs to stop happening. Uh, no one got attacked by the white rabbit. Uh, main event let me down. Raquel Shotzi versus Sonya Zaili. Uh, Zelina Vega returns. Show was almost perfect. Beginning segment, women's tag match, brawling brutes, bloodline, Daisy's beards. It's fair enough. Uh, women's tag, Logan Paul, WTT. Would really hate it. Just asking because you never know. Um, I... Listen, he was in charge of NXT for a long time. The only thing that went supernatural was Tian Sha, Boa, and Xia Li. And that was not supernatural that much. It definitely was, but it was towards the end of his time there, which makes me wonder if that how much influence he was having at that point because it felt like Tian Sha I mean look Tian Sha started with a story about like some 3000 Chinese folklore old thing and it this Tian Sha was like based on that now I don't know if they were trying to make out that she was this 3000 year old whatever but to me, it felt like she was based on that story. And what we were seeing was we were seeing uh, Boa and Zia Lee going down to the ring and taking on opponents. And uh, Tian Sha was kind of sat in her chair. And we wasn't seeing Tian Sha really doing anything. Uh, we wasn't seeing like Boa or Zia Lee really doing anything. Like there was, they were losing matches actually. I remember uh, them losing matches and going over to Tian Sha and kind of being told off in a way and looking nervous at having to answer to her. So I don't disagree that there was supernatural stuff there, but it, was, it wasn't as much as you think. Like It's not like every single week there was supernatural stuff with Tian Sha. There just wasn't. I was watching the shows. Um, but the, towards the end there was, and that just makes me wonder if it was Triple H or if if or if there was like some other things at play because nothing up until that point in the whole history of NXT had, was was like supernatural and then right at the end you do get a few things but even now i mean like i mean there hasn't been anything since so it's just i don't know like it was strange weird maybe he was maybe he was trying it perhaps he thought well i've not done it i'll give it a go see how it works it didn't work very well, did it? Because Tian Shah is now Wendy Chu. Boa has gone missing. And Zia Lee is just floundering on the main roster. So it didn't, it clearly has not been a rip roaring success because we don't have Tian Shah around anymore. So I don't know. I really don't know, to be honest. I, I, uh, it's a very interesting question. I think that his, I think his, his natural reaction is to not go that way because if his natural reaction was to go that way i have to think we would have seen more of it in nxt um 
And I think this is going to be a challenge because I, I think this is out of Triple H's comfort zone. And I think that he is going to have to read the room on it, to be honest. Because, look, it's undeniable that people enjoy it. And it's undeniable that people like it and that people are into it. Not everyone, but people are. So triple I mean, I feel like I feel like it would be the same if I was booking it. If I was booking it, my natural reaction is to not go that way. But with the success of Marvel and you know where we are in 2022 with Kayfabe completely out the window, I think wrestling has got a bit of a crisis on its hands. <laughs> We've said this before. It doesn't know quite what it what it is. In 2022, professional wrestling doesn't quite know what it what it is. Is it is I mean like is it is it wrestling? Is it two people battling to be the best? Is it supernatural? Are we looking at Marvel and the success of Marvel and the success of Harry Potter and things along those lines? And seeing that there's a demand for that and thinking, well, you know, we can't we can't be legit because that's UFC. Legit fighting exists. It's UFC. So we can't we can't compete with that. Why would we even try? We need to offer something that's a little different. And so are they now a bit more open to it? And are they a bit more open to going down those roads? And if so, how does Triple H book that? Because I think he would have to take like Bray's lead on it, to be honest, because I don't think it naturally fits with for Triple H that comfortably. So I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. I can't sit here and say. I can't sit here and say how it's going to go. I, what I would like is I would like it to be like Undertaker which we've had many conversations on. But I think that that was always in a gray area. And I think that you could put Bray into a gray area. So if you want it to be supernatural, it is. But if you want there to be a logical explanation, then you can find one as well. And I, I feel like that will cater to everyone. No one is going to hate it. I'm sure someone will. People out there hate everything. But... um I feel like there's a way forward that way, you know, that I think could work for everyone. So, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I'm 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 not going to like worry about it or uh, or anything like that because he hasn't even come back yet. Let's see what he comes back as. Let's see what happens. Let's as I said, follow the story and enjoy the story. That's what I've done with White Rabbit. I've followed it and I've really enjoyed it and Tomorrow is where it's going to lead us. Whoever it is tomorrow, and we think it'll be Bray, we'll follow it and we will enjoy it. And, you know, take it for as it comes. Uh, Trent said, if you watch back, you can see Cole grab Jay's hand, letting him know that he is okay. Uh, Trent with Ro, shout out to you. Appreciate the support. Appreciate the support. Um, isn't that why they uh, hired Rob Fee? Mm, maybe Triple H isn't good at that type of storyline. So yeah, that's a great. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Rob Fee's come in. 
He is someone that's done horror and he is someone that's done comic books. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point. I think that he could work with Bray. Obviously, Triple H will ultimately sign it off. Um, but I think if, I think, I think, yeah. I'm just trying to think, like, I don't think Triple H will give them completely free reign because, I mean, look, even Triple H, I don't think, has got complete free reign. I think Triple H still has to answer to Steph, who's, you know, the CEO, co-CEO and chairwoman. So even Triple H, I don't think, can do absolutely anything he wants. Pretty much he can. But um, I think he's he even he has still got people to answer to, like the board of directors. So I think Rob Fee will still feed into Triple H. Um, and so I don't think they'll be able to do just complete free reign. But I think pretty much... I can't see them being denied. I think Triple H will go with it and see the response. So, yeah, I think you're right. If they want to go supernatural um, and, you know, continue down that road, then I think Rob will heavily be involved. And I think they'll probably just gauge the reaction. And to be perfectly truthful, I don't think there'll be much of a kickback on it. I think there'll be people that aren't into that. But I think there will be the core Bray fans that will love it. And I think that probably the kids that are getting into pro wrestling now just have, just aren't from the same world I'm from. The world I'm from is kayfabe. The world I'm from is two guys battling to be the best. And that's not the world that kids watching are growing into now. They're growing into whatever Triple H and Bray and Rob are about to give the world, you know? Um, that's what the kids watching now will be used to. And, you know, Marvel. Marvel was, obviously, there was no Marvel films when I was a kid. Whereas that is so massive now. So massive that, um, you know, that's everywhere. And I do think that has definitely uh, taken over and uh, changed a lot of things. So... Uh, right, I'm gonna we're gonna go anyway because we're massively over. Uh, really appreciate the support. I need to go because obviously we've got a massive, massive stream tomorrow. So I want to get uh, all the little bits and bobs done, loose ends tied up, uh, and obviously get ready for tomorrow. So a big, big thank you for everyone that joined us over here. Really do appreciate it. I, I am looking at making this the new home of these reviews because it just gets it out of the way. Um, because uh, I'd like to continue doing videos immediately after it does push these reviews later but i think once we find a time that works then we can you know do this on on the regular i do not want to end these reviews i really enjoy them and i think it allows us to reach a few people that aren't able to watch us live as well and interact with those people and i think that's just really cool really valuable and uh i just enjoy doing them so really appreciate you joining us thank you very much as always and uh I will see you tomorrow for uh, that massive, massive Extreme Rules watch along. Awesome, guys. Thanks for watching. Bye for now.